This is Steve Pearson, one of the co-hosts of the How We Win podcast. And today we have a special bonus podcast. It is actually a Zoom recording of a fundraiser we did with Allison Gill and Brian Tyler Cohen and, of course, Jennifer Fernandez-Ancona and Jessica Craven uh, for my assembly campaign. I'm dropping it here as a special Sunday bonus. I hope you all will enjoy it. Our regular show will be uh, on Wednesday. So uh, without any further ado, please enjoy the conversation about local legislatures in support of yours truly's state assembly campaign. So Allison, do you want to do you want to kick things off? Well, where do I even begin? Uh, we go we go way back, um, having done some fundraisers together for uh, other folks. Uh, I remember distinctly um, having uh, y'all uh, y'all's podcast and us and a few other people on the network fundraise for uh, Biden and Harris in 2020, and Ossoff and Warnock. Uh, and uh, we, you know, we were able to raise about a half a million dollars for that. Uh, and then we did some additional uh, follow-up fundraising in the midterms with the How We Win podcast and our, our ACT Blue Fund that targeted those candidates that need it the most. And I think that our little bit of help um, that that we were able to, to give to those um, efforts uh, stopped, helped stop the red wave. And so you've been kind of this beacon of of awesome progressiveness uh, in 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 politics for for quite a while. So I was happy to join yet another fundraiser with you, but this time for you uh, because we need more progressive uh, voices in our state assembly. So I'm very excited to be here. I'm happy to answer any questions anybody has about Jack Smith if they're into it. But really what I want to talk about is you and your platform and what you're going to bring to the assembly when you win. When you win is the new name of your podcast. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Allison. I appreciate that. Um, I uh, It is weird doing a fundraiser for you know, my campaign, uh, you know, I really look at it and that you hear this from candidates all the time. And I almost hate saying it because you hear it so often, but I really feel it in my heart. This is our campaign. You know, um, we were born out of the resistance. Uh, I started organizing when Trump was elected and uh, and launched Swing Left here in Southern California and was their training director for the 18 and 2020 cycles. And, you know, we launched this podcast. Um, uh, it's been going on for about four years now uh, to drive folks into action, to get them inspired, to give them the tools to really make an impact uh, and to know their agency, to know that they have power. If, if you just step out of your comfort zone a little bit and, and do a little extra work, you really have the power to make change. And so where the resistance turned into the persistence and uh, and because my friend Laura Friedman uh, is running for Adam Schiff's seat, she's our current assembly member here in uh, 8044, it opened up an opportunity to do, frankly, what I've been telling folks on our podcast to do for the last four years. And that's if you have the opportunity to run for office, uh, do it. 
you know, uh, we need more folks who come from the community, who are leaders in the community and have that lived experience to serve. So, uh, you know, I really believe it in my heart. This is our campaign. This is the persistence coming up to Sacramento. Uh, I'm an organizer. Uh, I, I am not, this is the first time I've run for anything. So I'm, I'm not, uh, like a career politician looking to move up the ranks or, or do whatever. Uh, for me, this is an opportunity to be of service to the community that I've lived in for 30 years. And, um, and you can really do a lot in state legislatures. And, and that's kind of the crux of what I, I wanted to talk about with all of you, because, um, a year when I started organizing, people weren't really focused on state legislatures. Democrats certainly haven't been that focused on state legislatures for a long time, uh, as evidence to the shellacking that we have been taking over the previous decades in these state houses. Now, because of that, because of the really egregious, terrible actions we see in red-held states, um, Republican-held states, people are more focused on the power of state houses. Um, and it's for all the worst reasons, because LGBTQ plus uh, rights are under attack, because books are being banned, uh, because our, our true history is being banned. And, um, you know, we're just uh, seeing folks marginalized in the very fabric of our democracy uh, at risk in what we're calling these test labs for autocracy in these state houses. So uh, California uh, plays a, and you know, forgive me if you're not from California, uh, this is no slight on any other state. I love, I love them all. Well, I love California a little bit more because I live here, but um, California, because we're the fourth largest economy in the world uh, and because uh, we make such a big impact on the rest of the country, we can really be um, a counterweight to what's going on in some of these red states. And um, in the policies that we enact, our progressive um, policies that we enact here in California always make their way to the rest of the country too. Uh, we're, we're really leaders in that. So it's an incredible opportunity to stand for people, to uh, stand for those that are marginalized, to put people first and uh, to enact you know, progressive policies that you know, lift people out of poverty and build our economy uh, the way that it should be built. Uh, that, you know, I mean, Jennifer was just writing about Bidenomics, you know. I got that call from you and you're like, hey, I've got this, I've got this wild idea. And I was like, yes, absolutely. Because you and I've talked so many times about trickle up politics, right? As opposed to trickle down economics, because everything that happens at the local level goes up and up and up to the national level. Uh, and, you know, like you said, California, we set the standard a lot of the time because we have so much power, uh, power of the power of the purse. We set emission standards for the rest of the country because we buy most of the cars. We set environmental uh, regulations. Uh, we, you know, all those things sort of uh, happen because we drive that. And to have progressive voices in our assembly is is the most valuable thing, I think, not just for California and for your district and for your constituents, but for the country and how people see um, how these uh, laboratories for democracy work so much better. So I'm just, I'm all in. I'm really excited about this. I'm very excited about this and I'm very excited about your candidacy, my friend. So thank you for having me here tonight. Thank you. And uh, I'd love to hear from BTC and uh, and how you're feeling about 
you know, I mean, you can talk about whatever you want, but I really want to hear, obviously, about state houses and, and, and what you're seeing around the country and how California can, can help push back. I think that's a great point. And I think, um, I, I think like, you know, to that point of, of what happens in California is, is what happens in the rest of the country. I mean, we, you know, wh- where goes California, where goes the rest of the country? And I think, uh, you know, we kind of do get, uh, get complacent to a degree, especially in a state like this uh, and in states like New York, for example. And, and we allow ourselves to falter, especially like, you know, the people who pay attention. We, we have such a huge California contingent who does pay attention, but we're always so focused on, the Michigans and Wisconsin's and and uh, and Nevadas and Arizonas of the country that we we often forget, you know, to to make sure that that we're focusing on what's happening here, and this is a great opportunity to make sure that we have like true good progressive representation, and I think that's what you do, and and it's what you do like to a degree um, of you have such a degree of authenticity, and I think that that's what we're missing so much of, um, you know, for you it's not it's not brand building it's not like this ruthless ambition that we see so much of it's just somebody who who to his core really cares and uh you know i think i think that'll be i I think i think that will be so important just unto itself but also you know in terms of like the the platform that you've built for yourself and the the people that you've surrounded yourself with it'll also be so important in terms of showing other people the importance of assembly for example and uh and i think that's going to be you know you're like People like you, people like um, you know Amanda Littman at Run for Something, working to show the importance of of non-federal races is is like is just the most important thing that we could be doing right now, as opposed to just doing what we'd done in the past, which is focusing all of our energy at the top of the ticket and everything else be damned. You know, starting in the days of what was it, 2012, when we lost a thousand state legislature seats across the country, and so uh, so you know. People like you are absolutely instrumental in terms of in terms of reversing that process. And uh, you know, I'm, I, you know, to, to echo Allison's sentiment, I'm, I think that we're more than lucky to have somebody like you uh, running. Thank you, my friend. I really appreciate it. When you all were talking about how the automobile industry has been changed, really single-handedly, uh, by California, uh, when we set those uh, uh, standards for all electric sa- new sales by 2035, that transformed the automobile automobile industry. And, um, and, you know, there, there's a lot of big impacts that we can, we can make here. Um, we've got, uh, Jennifer who actually worked in the assembly. So I, you know, and I've never actually talked to you, Jennifer, about your work in the assembly. Uh, even though we, we co-host a podcast together, I would love to hear like the kind of stuff that you were able to work on. And before, and also I'll, I'll, I'll say to Brian's point too, it's important to know, um, where we are a blue state here in California, and we do have a Democratic you know, supermajority in the uh, legislature, uh, there is still a lot of specifically fossil fuel money that runs through our legislature. And, um, and when we talk about you know, what we were able to do in terms of electric cars, uh, we are still fighting you know, uh, you know, new oil production and everything that goes with it uh, to, to move into a green economy. Uh, there are a lot of forces amongst Democrats who aren't taking those tough votes because they've taken a lot of fossil fuel money. And uh, I'm, I'm proud that I signed the no fossil fuel money pledge um, because I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, you know, first and foremost for my daughter's future, but for all of our future. And, and we have to put our environment as, you know, priority number one. 
So anyway, Jennifer, I want to hear about your experience in, in Sacramento. Yeah, sure. So I worked in the California State Assembly for a few years uh, for uh, Hannah Beth Jackson. When I was living in Santa Barbara, she represents the Santa Barbara area. And I was primarily a field director. So I didn't work in the Capitol in Sacramento. I worked in the home office in Santa Barbara and was part of kind of building bridges in the community, doing constituent service and things like that. So, you know, we worked on what her priorities were, which were also my priorities, including environmental justice, for sure. She was a really big advocate. Of course, a lot of environmental uh, activism was born in Santa Barbara um, around the the oil derricks and things on the coast. Um, we also worked a lot of tons on women, women's issues. There was definitely a, a women's economic agenda that we were pushing paid family leave, you know, increases in wages and, and always uh, abortion rights as well. So Hannah Beth was a real fighter and it was great to learn from her and her chief of staff, who was one of my, one of the best bosses I ever had. So it was a great experience. And, um, and I definitely think it's, it's, it's definitely kind of ground zero for how you serve communities. And so I'm really excited that you're running for assembly because you're an organizer and we need more organizers in government, you know, at, at every level of government, because that experience of what it takes to actually organize people, you have to apply not only in your campaign in order to win, but then when you get in office, you have to organize among the other people in the assembly and the other chamber that you're in or in the committees that you're on in order to really get things done. So I I just really um, believe in like movement candidates and organizing candidates. And I see you as part of that, of that class of candidates. So congrats. Thank you, Jen. Yeah, um, that gives me an opportunity to name drop my very first endorsement, which was Dolores Huerta. And I had a phone call scheduled with her and uh, said, I'm running for the assembly. I'd like your support. She cut me off right away and said, yes, Steve, absolutely. I endorse you. We need more organizers like you in Sacramento. And uh, it, it, it's really true because we know, like the people here all know how we get big things done. We need electeds with the courage to take those votes and to organize around them. But we also need people power. We need public sentiment. You know, if we're going to do stuff like I'm a, I'm a uh, very strong proponent for single payer health care. And I would like to see that happen federally. Uh, we're going to get CalCare passed here in California. We need to do it uh, and make sure that it's resilient and uh, and that we can be a model once again for the rest of the country and how we you know turn our healthcare system upside down and actually make it a healthcare system that puts patients first that uh, that prioritizes keeping people healthy and not, you know, prioritizing making huge profits off of sick people. So, um, you know, we're going to do that by not just having people who are, uh, are with us in the assembly, but we need public sentiment. We need to organize around it, too, and make some noise. And, and that's what I know how to do. That's also what Jessica Craven knows how to do because she's a, an amazing organizer and you've advocated for a lot of, you know, legislation here in California. Uh, what has been your experience, uh, you know, doing that? Have you ever me too a bill? Have you spent any time? I don't even, we haven't had this conversation. I have me too to bill. I have me too to bill. I have met with my legislators. I have gone for lobby days in Sacramento with Moms Demand Action. Um, 
I have uh, canvassed for local candidates. I have uh, done pretty much everything except for run for office myself, although I did run for Los Angeles County Democratic Party, of which I am a member. Um, and like everybody else who's spoken, I was just utterly thrilled when you said that you were running, because it is true. We have a lot of um, political ambition in the state of California, but not all of it is, uh, let's see, shall we say virtuous um, in intent. And what I love about you is that I've watched you organize. I know you've, you know, knocked doors and gotten down in the, in the, you know, what is it? In the dirt? No, not really. But, you know, you, you, yeah. you've gotten your hands dirty. You've gotten in the trenches. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I know, I know you're not in this for you. I know that you're in this for the right reasons. And, uh, my, my experience of the California legislature is that at first you go, oh, wow, we have a super majority. That's so great. Everything must be fine. And then you start advocating for good bills like just this week, um, SB 252, a bill to get Californians to divest or CalPERS and CalSTRS to divest from fossil fuel um, funds and save like $10 billion, by the way, uh, got turned into a two-year bill because, you know, one of the lawmakers was like, well, I'm just not sure. And it is exasperating beyond expression that we are still fighting for bills like that to pass in a state like California. But there is a phenomenal amount of oil and uh, gas money, and a lot of lawmakers, even Democrats, are taking it. So um, when we have a law uh, someone like Steve, who is committed to not taking money like that, who is committed to being a climate hawk, um, damn straight, I'm going to get behind him and fight for his uh, victory, because we cannot, we have no more time. Um, for this kind of equivocating. And I know that with Steve, that is not going to happen. So there's a lot of progress that needs to be made in the California legislature. And uh, Steve is the kind of person who I know will help us make it. So one less legislator I have to worry about once he's in office. <laughs> Thank you. I still want you uh, pushing me, though, because because uh, we need to do this together. So I appreciate your advocacy on all of that. And, and um, uh, so, I mean, we've got a great opportunity to hear, like we said, we can open it up to some other questions. You got it. I'm going to uh, unmute Samuel. Hey, guys. Um, can you guys hear me? Yes, we can. Thank you. Hi. Um, uh, my name's Sam. I'm new around here. Um, I'm actually not from California, but my daughter is living over there. And um, I was actually curious on the stance with gun laws because my, my daughter is um, – kind of involved in that community. And I was just curious what your take on that was. Thank you. I mean, uh, gun violence is the number one killer of our children. Kids who are 20 years and younger, gun violence is the number one killer. And, uh, you know, I'm proud to live in a state that, you know, keeps pushing for stronger gun laws. Uh, and we've had some good legislation just this term go through, you know, uh, uh, so it's it's nice to know that we have some of the strongest gun laws in the country, but we still have some of the weakest gun laws in the world. And uh, until, uh, you know, we've really addressed this in a meaningful way on the federal level, um, you know, we, we need an assault weapons ban. Right. We need common sense gun laws. And uh, this is something that 90 percent of Americans agree with. Uh, you know, there is a, a strong, you know, minority of of money and lobbyists that have a stranglehold on these Republicans who refuse to move on this. But even Republicans, even gun owners uh, agree that there should be common sense 
gun legislation, gun safety legislation. So we're going to keep pushing to uh, to make California as as strong as possible. It's also just for a little historical context too. Um, it's important to know the roots of some of our gun laws here in California because they're not pretty. You know, we passed an assault weapons ban here in California in direct response to Black Panthers carrying assault weapons in the streets in the 60s, right? Um, so those those laws were uh, enacted, uh, you know, really with the root of racism around them. Uh, and uh, but I'm glad that they're there and I'm glad we have that ban. But, you know, we need a national assault weapons ban. We need to keep pushing for stronger legislation. Everything that we do, every little bit that we do uh, feels piecemeal, but it saves lives. And uh, and as long as our children are, are under attack and we have this, you know, uh, you know, constant these constant mass shootings, we need to be doing everything in our power to push back and pass stronger laws. So. You know, thank you. My daughter wrote a poem recently about um, wishing that someday when she heard fireworks, she wouldn't wonder if there was a shooting and she would just know that it was a celebration. Uh, I'd, I'd like to get there myself. Uh, Judy, I'm going to go yeah, ahead. I have, I have uh, two quick questions. The first one's kind of awkward. But how much does it take, how much money does it take to win an assembly race these days? And the second question is, who is running against you? Two great questions. Um, and they're not awkward. They're kind of gross. I hate, I hate our money in politics. Um, you know, when I meet with folks uh, who, you know, up in Sacramento, kind of what I call gatekeepers, important folks who you want their endorsement and you want their, their help. The first question they ask me is how much have I raised? And the second question is how much will I raise by the end of uh, tomorrow, June, June 30th? Not what do you stand for? Why are you running? What's important to you? Um, because it's the only way that uh, folks have to really judge candidate viability and figure out who the front runner is, is by that first, uh, you know, fundraising deadline. So, um, you know, we will, our, our goal for this race is to raise overall for the whole race about $600,000. Um, and, uh, you know, our goal for this first reporting is, uh, I'm going to say around $130,000. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that will get us on our way. The, the reason why it's, it's so important to raise money, obviously, it unlocks more endorsements. It unlocks more money. When you're the front runner, people don't want to give their money to someone that they don't think has a chance. Um, and also, we have independent expenditures that play in these races. And, um, you know, campaigns don't coordinate with them. So they, they kind of come out of nowhere. Sometimes, you know, they'll just show up because they favor one candidate over another and they can spend millions on these races, you know. And um, so uh, it, it costs a lot to be competitive. In terms of uh, the other candidates, um, there's a Burbank City Council member who's running. There's a Glendale City Council woman who's running. There's a uh, UCLA law professor um, there's a uh, community activist in Burbank also that's running and a guy who uh, is like a CEO or something of doghouse restaurants in, in Burbank. And, uh, and there's a few friends of mine that I'm running against and there are uh, some 
you know, really good Democrats in this race. And, um, you know, I, I think I'm the best suited for it uh, for two main reasons. Um, one, because uh, of what we talked about, I'm an organizer and, uh, and I'm, I'm going to bring that, uh, those skills of building coalitions and bringing people together, uh, to get the big things done. I know how to do that. The other thing is I spent 30 years in the entertainment industry and, uh, I've worked in a lot of different areas of the entertainment industry, but, um, most recently owned a sound studio for about eight years and was a small business owner. And my wife is an actor. We've been sag after members for 30 years. Um, if if you're not from California and you're listening to this Zoom, you might not understand the relevance of that, but the entertainment industry is the center of our economy in Los Angeles, and it affects everybody who lives here, whether or not you work in the entertainment industry. And right now in Sacramento, there are zero folks with any practical experience in entertainment, and it really shows. Uh, it shows in how hard it was to get these tax credits renewed, and uh, and we just had a budget adjustment because we have a 30, uh, $32 billion budget deficit, you know, we had a huge slashing of arts uh, and music budget and entertainment budget uh, in, in California. Incredibly short-sighted. We need those advocates there. It's central to our economy here in my district and all over Los Angeles and in California. Um, so I, wanna, I want to, uh, Allison, are you leaving? You have to go? I do have to run, but I, again, I wanted to just first of all, thank any of the the Daily Beans folks who have joined us um, to to listen to this uh, incredible candidate for California Assembly, and that you a hundred percent have my my backing and my endorsement, and the entire MSW Media um, network is behind you. And I look forward to receiving uh, ad campaigns from you that we can run across our network that get about four and a half to five and a half million impressions a month. So send that to me. I will make that happen. And I just wanted to say thank you for having me and that I appreciate everything that you're doing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Allison. Thank you for all of your great work. And uh, uh, apologies to anyone that won't, had some Jack Smith questions. Um, but, uh, you know, send, send them in to her and always tune in to the Daily Beans, Mother She Wrote, and Jack uh, for, you know, you know, I mean, you're the, you're the best. You, 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 you've been calling it right for years now. So um, thank you for your incredible work. Thank you. Yeah, we'll talk to you all soon. Thank you so very much. Yes. Um, so we've got some more questions. I hope we have some questions for Brian because, uh, you know, he's got some exciting stuff coming on and, and I want to I hear from him like what he's going to be doing with MSNBC. But let's go to Erica and see what Erica has to say. My question is, how do you feel about calling out um, all these Republican claims and comments and um, chaos? And, you know, is it best to call it out? We can't pretend it's not happening and it's not being said. But um, I think we're on a very fine line where we need to start calling it out more. What do you think? Uh, I'll say quickly what I think, but I think that's a great one for Brian to to address also. But um, uh, and I mean, anyone on here could address it. Jennifer is is a great messaging expert. Um, you know, I, I know that we want our Democrats to be on the offense like we want to call it out. We don't always want to you know, we've been on our heels so much responding to stuff that uh, it's important uh, that we 
say what we stand for and talk boldly about what we believe in. And that's what we want to see from folks. Um, the, the danger in how we respond to some of the Republican talking points is um, if you try to negate something uh, and you say it out loud, you're also giving it a platform and you're saying it out loud. And a lot of times people don't hear the negation. They just hear the assertion over and over again. So um, it, it is uh, there is a nuance to how you call it out. Uh, yeah. It's definitely what we stand for. But you don't want to give more traction to something because we know that people's minds don't always uh you know, absorb the negation. They just keep hearing what you're talking about. As someone without, you know, a public platform, it's it's chaos. You just want to scream from the rooftops and uh, you just can't believe what you're seeing and hearing and that this sticks with people. And, you know, we we finally have some people with platforms in the media who are able to use it that way. Um, but the candidates themselves, it's such a hard line. You know, you can't go debate somebody who's undebatable. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's just what I meant. The fine line. How, how do we not put up with it? How do candidates not put up with it, but also still get your message through? Yeah. And Brian, I do want to hear from you because you're a master at, at these at takedowns. Really, that's how you kind of cut your teeth, right? Yeah. Um, no, I, th I think that's a great question. And I think it's important, um, first of all, to, to Steve's point, that's exactly what you have to do is like, is, you know, we've, we've spent so long and I know both of us in terms of what we do, we've been basically dying for Democrats for years to be able to, to finally push back because, because it seems like Democrats are always caught on the defensive. Um, but I think right now, actually, this is a, this is, a kind of an interesting time because if you look at the dichotomy between the actual messages that are being put forward by both parties, this is the first time where when you hear all of the crazies on the right put forward all of this stuff, I'm actually okay with it. And I'm not so worried about like, oh, I don't want to platform this stuff because it'll get it out there because it's a lot of what we're hearing right now is just so extreme that there is a part of me that's like, you know what, if they want to push for abortion bans, if they want to push for LGBT bans, if they want to push for interstate travel bans, if they want to push for book bans or slashing earned benefits or whatever, whatever other agenda items that are so extreme that they have, I'm like, let them. Uh, not only are they going to push that stuff, I'll help them. I'll make sure everybody else knows what it is that they're trying to do so that people are well aware of how extreme they actually are. Because when you look at the two agendas side by side, it's like you have one party that is trying to push all of these bans, all of these, uh, you know, attacks on women's reproductive rights, all of these um, efforts to bolster gun manufacturers while while mass shootings are rising and then if you look at what the and, and all of this stuff is woefully unpopular and then you look at what the democrats have done in just two years of you know of of power here and it's like democrats are working to make sure your health care is affordable they're making sure they're working to make sure we have common sense gun safety reforms that are passed they're working to make sure that women have bodily autonomy and so so there is a part of me right now because they've allowed themselves to become so so extreme i'm like I'm like, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll help you make, I'll help you make your arguments so that people know exactly where you stand. This makes sense. Thank you for that. Any other questions? I know Mike and Dale, uh, you know, have been, oh, there's Dusky from Northridge Indivisible. Hi, can you hear me? Yep. I just wanted to wave and say, hi, I'm here. I've been here. Yeah. I got to run in a minute, but just let us know where, when you need boots on the ground and we're there. 
So. Thank you. Thank okay. you so much. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, we're, we're winding down on time here. I'm just going to make an ask right now. If I can just ask everyone on this Zoom, if you haven't had the chance to donate, uh, just donate whatever you can, even if it's a little amount, so we can you know, increase the number of our individual donors. If you have donated and can donate a little bit more, we would be very, very grateful for that too. Um, I guess I'll just... Uh, kick it to, let's go, uh, Jennifer, Jessica, Brian, to take us home. Thank you so much. I, I'm just really inspired once again by you, Steve, everything that you've done uh, for the community. And it's hard to put yourself out there and run for office. And I know you've been working really, really hard. So I just want to encourage everyone to to donate, to give what you can, to tell your friends. I think the more that we get involved in our local, and not only just locally where, where we live, but um, just supporting people that we know who are running for these local state ledge offices, it's just super important. And you couldn't put your money behind a better guy than Steve. So I just say thank you so much. And um, I look forward to visiting you up in Sacramento. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, well, I will I will echo um, your claim for, you know, just the importance of, of donating. Um, you know, I would just say, first off, um, money goes farther in these assembly races, um, you know, for what other candidates need <laughs> millions of dollars to do, Steve doesn't, um, which is not to say that we shouldn't try to raise millions of dollars for Steve, but, you know, not dissuading any big donations here, but um, just to say your money does go far in these state legislative races. Um, the second thing is that Steve does it for everyone else. He has spent years um, pushing and supporting every other campaign. He's always, always right there helping other candidates, other good candidates. And so now is a great opportunity to, to finally be able to return the favor. And that is the least we can do after the amount of time, blood, sweat and tears that you've poured into every other race. Uh, third is that it'll benefit someone who deserves it. You know, I've, I've known Steve for years. He very selflessly helped me get my start for my show. Um, Steve has a mastery of this issues. He's a true progressive, um, you know, and, and obviously that's important uh, for all of the reasons that we've talked about. Um, but I think uh, the biggest thing here uh, is that he just genuinely cares. Like this is who Steve is. It isn't like I, like I mentioned before, this isn't about brand building or, or ambition. This is just somebody who wants to make people's lives better. And we don't get a lot of that. Um, so when we do have someone like that, I think that we should do whatever we can to help those people succeed. Um, you know, for all of the ugliness that some of the better known politicians who, who Steve himself has covered over the years, um, for all of the ugliness that they bring to politics, the flip side of that is someone like Steve who restores our faith in the system. So, so, you know, I would, I would echo your, your claim to, for anybody here to, to donate, to, to share it to your broader group and let's uh, help him, uh, help him get into the, into the assembly. Thank you, my friend. Yeah. And I'll just, the only other thing I would add, those are such beautiful testaments. The only thing I would add to that is that, you know, Laura Friedman, the person who Steve will be replacing um, is a real, she's a real champion and a really incredible lawmaker and an environmental um, champion. We And so we really need to make sure we replace her with someone who will be the same. Um, 
And, you know, I, I live on an activist's income I just gave because I have a kid. I want my kid to have a livable future. And that means I need to throw down um, even in a small way for people who I know are going to fight for that as well. So um, I know Steve is fighting for his kid because we talk about it a lot. Hmm. And um, I, I just, like I said, all the right reasons and please anything you can give, even, you know, the, what, what may to you feel like a, a small trifling amount um, will add up. Um, for Steve. So, and uh, thanks all for being here. And thanks for tolerating the extra Zoom uh, protocols. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, nothing better than being with some friends saying nice stuff about you and having the Zoom, you know, I'm, I'm humbled and overwhelmed. It's, it's yeah, I, I really appreciate it. Doing this, like you all said, it's hard, you know, uh, it's hard running for office, uh, but it's a righteous cause and having your all support is incredibly affirming and I'm very, very grateful for it. So um, thank you so much. Thank you to everyone that joined. I hope to be able to see you in person sometime soon if you're around California, but uh, otherwise, Make sure you tune in to Brian Tyler Cohen, No Lie, his his great podcast, and check him out on MSNBC. I cannot wait for that. I'm so excited about that. And, uh, and you can listen to myself and Jessica and Jennifer every week on how we win. Grateful to you all. Thank you all for taking some time out of your night to be here. And uh, thank you. Thanks, Steve. Let's give it up for Steve. Thanks, everyone. Yay. Go. Thanks again for listening. This has been a special How We Win in support of Steve Pearson for Assembly. To find out more about our campaign and to make a donation or to sign up to volunteer or if you're in the area, host a house party, go to PearsonForCalifornia.com. That's P-I-E-R-S-O-N-F-O-R-C-A.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back Wednesday with our regularly scheduled show.